Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. Today is Friday, March 1st, 2019. And on today's report, I will be talking about some of the lies and distortions that have so far made this a bad year for the mass media. The media may be having a bad year because it publishes lies and distortions, but this society often rewards the liars and punishes the truth-tellers. Let's start with the story of a seven-year-old black girl from Houston, Texas, who was murdered earlier this year initially. The reports were that she was murdered by two white racists in a red pickup truck, the usual stereotypes of what a white racist is supposed to look like and be like. We're all there. The media just bought it, hook, line, and sinker, probably because it fit and advanced their own preconceived political narrative. The media, whether TV or print, often reports a story as presented just as if it were true all. Before any investigation is completed, they want us to assume it to be true because, I suppose, they want it to be true so badly, this little girl's murder. Was front-page news around the world presented as evidence of the terrible race problems we have here in America. But when the murderers turned out to be two black gangbangers, it suddenly disappeared as a story. The prevailing sensationalist political agenda often is not advanced by the truth. Therefore, the truth is of little value. Then along came the story I've talked about for a few weeks now. That is, the Covington kids and the Native American, Nathan Phillips, the media will not report these stories after their initial version is proven to be false, but I don't want the real version to die, so I keep talking about it. As long as possible, the Covington kids' story should not die for a long time because of Nick Sandman's defamation suit against various publications, including the Washington Post. We would be well served to remember the masthead of the Washington Post, which it has now adopted as its official slogan. That is, democracy dies in darkness. That seems appropriate. Now that we the people can no longer believe anything the paper prints, all stories must be investigated by actual real journalists such as bloggers and others in the alternative media. The New York Times, the Post, and others should start paying attention to their own mastheads and their own advertising. The opportunity for the president to call attention to false stories of hate and hoaxes staged as hate crimes was there with the Covington kids, but he passed on that opportunity. He originally said he might have them to the White House, but changed his mind, I suppose, because of advice that that would not be a wise political move. That seems to be the standard for right and wrong now. Is it a right or wrong political move? For example, when he was about to sign his emergency declaration for the wall, the Angel Moms, which is a group of mothers who have had children killed by illegal aliens, were in town to oppose the new spending bill. The president said he would like to invite them to the White House, but reportedly his chief of staff, Mick Mulvaney, and his advisor, Kellyanne Conway, vetoed it because of political considerations. Miss Conway then lectured the angel moms to stop their protest because it might endanger the spending bill, which she said the president desperately needed. So, if this story is true, and apparently it is, the president was very much in favor of the spending bill, and he didn't just sign it because he wanted to get on with his declaration of emergency. The spending bill 
effectively ends resistance to illegal immigration in America. It is worse than blanket amnesty because it invites those who would have come illegally to now come legally. When Neville Chamberlain went to Munich to make a deal with Hitler, Winston Churchill said that Hitler no longer had to snatch his victuals from the table because he had them handed to him by the British government. President Trump's signing of the spending bill is a Chamberlain moment for those who believed his promise about building the wall and making Mexico pay for it. Nancy Pelosi is far smarter and a much better leader than I gave her credit for. She maneuvered President Trump into signing a bill that more than likely assures a permanent Democrat majority in the future. The president will not only, the majority will not only be unsympathetic to the destruction of Western civilization, but they will welcome it. I'm starting to think I was right about Mr. Trump in 2016 in that he really doesn't care about anything. He's unwilling to defend his core values because he has no core values. To use an unfortunate pun, there is nothing. He is willing to go to the wall for. The declaration of emergency will not solve the illegal immigration problem. It won't even solve the wall problem. The spending bill signed by the president opens the floodgates to third world and denies him the ability to complete the wall that allows a few pennies for building a few miles in five Democrat counties in Texas, but permission has to be received from Democrat politicians in those counties before construction can begin. The rhetoric coming from the White House about immigration is just that, empty rhetoric. The horses have fled the barn while he left the door wide open. I wonder if he really understands what he represents or once represented to the 63 million people who voted for him. Let's go back and visit our friend Jesse Smollett for a few moments for the latest news from America's mass media concerning what a horrible racist country America is. While we discuss Jesse, please keep in mind literally millions of people who live in countries that really are bad are lining up to come here. Our politicians are lining up to help them, to invite them, to welcome them. Fortunately for those of us who value the truth and think it's important, Jesse turned out to be one of the least intelligent people to ever come out of Hollywood. That's really saying something. Maybe that's why Hollywood celebrities are so easily co-opted by Democrat politicians. They just can't understand what's happening. Jesse set up two men to help him with his staged attack, paid them with a $3,500 check. He gave them a check to buy materials they would need, and the entire purchase was recorded on video. He had been planning this thing apparently for months because he first sent himself a hate letter, which looked like something from a 1930s movie complete with letters cut from a magazine. The letter didn't generate enough interest, but when you can't find any hate, you have to invent some. That's the two Nigerian men. He did a softball interview with the T. Reeve reporter, and he used the expression, hate mongrels. I assume he doesn't even know the term mongrel means dog. Perhaps he and AOC should get together. I know they can't because of obvious reasons, but what a couple they would make. Maybe a Hollywood reality show. The Cook County Police Superintendent said that Jesse insulted Chicago, somehow inflicted injury on Chicago, but how could that be possible in a city with the highest murder rate, the worst close rate for murders? What will happen to Jesse now? The world waits 
on the edge of its seat. Will he go to jail? He could go to jail because he's facing charges that carry three years confinement, but there is talk he will be allowed to just say he's sorry, pay a relatively small fine. What Jesse doesn't seem to understand is that what he did and the result of what he did proves that America is really the opposite of how he tried to portray it, no matter how hard the media works to convince us that all except Hollywood coastal types are racist. We live in a society where it is now more admirable and desirable to be a victim than a hero. Jesse needed victim status for career success on the level. He wanted it in his chosen profession, his chosen audience. Most of the Hollywood types I've seen are supporting him in his legal case. They take the position that in his case, the story isn't true, but the narrative is still true. It's still realistic, and therefore, it is a true picture of America. How can you find common ground with people like that, people who have attitudes like that? I can't. That's why I don't go to movies or watch television anymore. People ask me from time to time, if I think America's headed for civil war, I would say that this period in history is more akin to the prelude to the French Revolution than the Civil War. The Jacobins in France were distinguished for their radical left-wing revolutionary politics. The Jacobins eventually enacted a brief dictatorship known as the Reign of Terror. Many heads fell from the guillotine into the basket. Let's hope we're not far along, that far along, but I will admit we're a ways down the road. The same liars are leading an advance toward a socialist economy that is viewed as a great triumph by many because they blame capitalism for the ills of our society. But there are no real capitalist countries left anywhere on earth. America is no exception to that because it is a departure from free market capitalism that has led to our economic troubles. True capitalism is privately owned. The privately owned means of production without any regulation. There is a, not a country on earth that does not have complete regulation and control of the economy by the state. What is being fought over is the right to be the one who controls and who regulates. Today's group of socialists doesn't know or care who or what owns the means of production. What they really want is free stuff. And the more the better socialism is a buzzword for free stuff, free housing, free medical care, free schooling, free food. Those are the intellectual extent of the socialist argument. This free stuff and the capital that provides it, they assume just somehow will appear by magic. What it really means is a fascist welfare state, of course, ignoring the fact that such philosophies have destroyed entire economies one after another. This trend toward socialism, fueled by increasing levels of third-world immigration, will result eventually in the collapse of this economy unless it is reversed. What are the Republicans doing about it? In a word, nothing, because they are completely worthless in the defense of our civilization. Republican ranks are filled with gutless hypocrites. That's a compliment compared to what they really are. The efforts to defend the free market when made at all are weak and ineffective. People, especially the young, think socialism is a superior moral view. There's no one in leadership who will intellectually defend free markets and their free market capitalism as the most moral and just system. This is going to have painful ramifications and very soon, folks. There are going to be political ramifications when people start losing their homes. I'm afraid this battle is lost. I see no movement to change course. It's almost as if... 
People want this civilization to fail. My pessimism flag is flying at full mast today, folks. That's the way I see it. Till next time, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.